Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, yeah. I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in a soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 188 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who may secretly be a goose, Robert Workman. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Either that or a skatebird. A skatebird? Really? <laughs> That's Yeah, yeah. there's going to be a competition between the two. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here I'll first. About, yeah, there because there is a skatebird that was revealed during late the Nintendo Indie Special today, so yeah. Well, earlier this week. Yeah, we're full of foul in this episode, then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just just stop while you're ahead. <laughs> I wasn't ahead to begin with. <laughs> you're, you're, la- you're laying an egg. Just you're laying an egg. Stop laying eggs. Okay, we do have our special here. Uh, since David is getting ready to leave for Scotland for the holiday season, we are going Ireland, to Ireland. Ireland. Scotland, Ireland. You're leaving anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we are proceeding with our best and worst of 2019. Our best and worst games. Of 2019 and uh why would just me and david have all the fun we brought in uh some of our better guests from the previous episodes here to rejoin us uh along with andre and it's going to be really great to have on the show so <laughs> <laughs> say hi andre all right, all right. I was, okay. andre from okay. new otaku gamer everybody okay all right, i'm just we'll messing with you we'll see <laughs> i'm just messing with you <laughs> <laughs> right. okay. we also got tony polanco from the coalition what is going on people man let's go and the throwdown, of course. And then our buddy from the Boston Bastard Brigade, Evan Borgal. Konnichiwa, my bastards and wenches. <laughs> they had to bring the slide whistle. Yeah. Seriously. He's just going to go around packs. He's going to do that to the wrong person. He's going to get thrown out of the building. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as you guys might know, we're recording this on the night that we just got a new state of play at 7 a.m. for some reason, and also a new Nintendo Indie World special, and there were a bunch of announcements. So 
I thought we'd go ahead and just run down like some of the best stuff from PlayStation State of Play. And boy, oh boy, there is nothing that is probably greater than the confirmation that we will get Resident Evil 3 Remake uh, April 2020, along with Project Resistance as a pack-in game. They're not releasing it separately. They're packing it in with the Resident Evil 3, which I think is brilliant because I don't mm-hmm. know how they were going to be able to sell it otherwise. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, you get the best <laughs> of both worlds there, both coming in April. Uh guys i mean this game does look like a lot of fun and holy damn they they made jill valentine look like natalie portman i don't know how that happened pretty <laughs> great yeah i mean like she looks great for sure and like just like the game itself lo- looks great because like it's using the same engine it seems as a resident evil 2 remake uh so i'm definitely really excited for it um although can you imagine though if we didn't know like if we didn't have like the leak beforehand yeah. how great or, this announcement would have been or if we had all been a playstation experience and they made it in front of a crowd yeah. Or if we have PlayStation experience to begin with. Yeah, yeah seriously. No, I mean, Brittany, Brittany Brombacher over there at What's the Games probably would have passed out on the floor if she heard about this. I mean, just saying. Mm. They couldn't have just, they couldn't even show any game footage. All he had to have done was just have someone come up dressed up as Nemesis and be like, here it is. We're <laughs> yeah, doing no, It's remake. happening. <laughs> yeah. they, they did a great job with the reveal. I, I will admit that. And kind of another surprise that was, uh, was ruined was Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Uh, coming January 23rd, and apparently it's going to be priced 30 bucks, which is actually more than the game now, which is kind of a little mm. ridiculous. But we what know is this? It's like the new DLC for it. Yeah, this is the new DLC. But the other big like reveal too that we wanted to get uh, that we wanted to touch upon is Axiom Verge two. Uh, uh, yes. So. Axiom yes. Verge was one of those Metrovanias, uh, you know, like there have been like a lot of like Metrovanias that have been coming out like over the years lately, especially from like the indie crowd. Uh, but with like Axiom Verge 2, I mean, like th- this is like something that I think like a lot of people like who have loved like the first Axiom Verge have been looking forward to for like a long while. And it looks like it's kind of taking like a new take on it like a little bit. Like it looks like it's still going to be a Metrovania of some sort, but you're going to have like a new protagonist and like new powers and like um, the, the look of the game seems to be like updated, although it's still keeping with like the pixel art style, but it still looks amazing. Yeah, it's outside now. Instead of yeah, it's outside. Like, exactly. yeah. You know, you we're getting some sun, yeah. yeah. We're going outside, people. <laughs> but I'm excited for this. Uh, Tom Happ, again, working on it once more. You know, he made the announcement at the end of the uh, Nintendo special, and it does mm-hmm. look really impressive. It's coming first to Nintendo Switch and then to other platforms. So for sure. that's a big exclusive for Nintendo. But yeah, guys, what do, what do you think? Axum Verge 2. What's, what's the word? What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready, man. That game was the original was dope. I love that. And I'm saying this as a guy, I used to love these, but I got tired of Metroidvanias just because there's been so many of them. But that mm. one reminded me of why I love those games to begin with, man. And I love how trippy it was. It kind of felt like like alien, you know, the first alien, like it kind of had that ambiance, yeah. like that, uh, that you felt uneasy playing it, man. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I'm definitely ready for that, man. I'm, it's going to be awesome. I mean, it makes sense, too, because Axiom Verge 2, at least based on, like, the trailer, definitely has more of a Super Metroid feel to it anyway. Yeah. And Super Metroid already has that kind of, like, H.R. Geiger kind of, like, um, kind of like feel to it anyway, like, you know, with, like, the way that the, you know, that the architecture looks in that game yeah. and all that. So it's just definitely borrowing a lot from that. Mm, absolutely. I think it looks pretty good. I, there is definitely much a much bigger evolution between Axiom Verge 1 and Axiom Verge 2. I, I think I noticed a lot of new powers that this character is going to have, and I'm curious as to see how that's going to affect some of the more challenging gameplay that's going to happen later on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like with the way that the, that the first Axiom Verge played out, with you know, with how it, like you use like it's you know, like the powers you like learn and like you know, you have to go back and solve puzzles and all that stuff. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to like see, see you know, seeing what they do with that. Um, another big one too was uh, Streets of Rage Four, which is a game that I think we're all like super excited for. Oh yeah, um, it's now oh, officially yeah, announced for Switch. Yeah, <laughs> it's now officially announced for Switch, and and they announced uh, I believe is going to be like the last uh, like pl- playable character no, that's going to be in the game. There's another one, uh, but this. This is a big one because it's Adam Hunter, a character that hasn't yeah. been in the playable in the series since the first Streets of Rage, and he'll be fighting along uh, his daughter, uh, along with his daughter Cherry Hunter, uh, best name ever. And uh, he <laughs> looks like he can kick a lot, of, a lot of butt. But at the end of the trailer, they did show in a silhouette a big character who still has yet to be uh, revealed, like some sort of mm. a, a large sumo fighter or something. But yeah, he, he's going to be huge. But yeah, I mean, another thing we just realized too is that it's got a release period. It's going to be some time in the first half of 2020 which means it's right. not too far off which means yeah you know it's happening now we just need a release date for panzer dragoon please yes yeah, yeah for sure hurry up <laughs> but this is a big one for 2020 i am looking forward to it yeah and personally like i'm looking forward to having adam hunter back in actually because he was like my main character honestly in the first streets of rage so i'm just glad to see him back and he's just looking badass as ever he has you know he has like the shades on so he's looking very blade like in that sense you know um so like i'm definitely looking forward to that um and also like one uh one announcement here that i know that you're looking forward to here robert is uh, stranger's wrath coming to switch yep Oddworld stranger's wrath it's dropping on january 23rd and uh, if you guys know if you played it in the original xbox or the hd version on playstation 3 or vita you know how special this game is it's spectacular open world adventure you can go between third person platforming and first person shooting with live ammo like like bugs that serve different purposes in the game, which are pretty cool. Um, so I love this game, and I am looking forward to playing the hell out of it again. Guys, do we have any thoughts on Stranger's Wrath? I, I mean, I'm just looking forward to play for the first time, yeah. honestly, because yeah. I never got a chance to yeah, play I mean, I, the this time. Yeah, I never got a to catch up. Either. Yeah, seriously, yeah. you guys need to catch up. I mean, you're missing mm-hmm. out. And then one more game I want to give a shout-out to before we move into our next news thing is a game called Super Mash. Uh, this is a game that actually makes games by mashing together two different genres into one unique game like this includes jrpg platformer metroidvania stealth action adventure the sky's the limit you can mesh these together and, and and actually get different results each time so it's basically like a game maker program that allows you to mesh together two genres right uh-huh and there are different possibilities available it's already out for steam it's gonna be out in 2020 for consoles but i i was watching this and i was like damn i need to make some games <laughs> that looks cool though yeah I like that it idea. Really does. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tony, like, if you were to make a game uh, like this, like as far as like you know, mashing together two genres, which two genres would you want to mash together first? Oh man, I gotta think about that one. Um, <laughs> okay, all I know is, um, let's see, a beat 'em up, and mm. oh wait, that's Guardian Heroes. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can make your own Guardian make Heroes like Guardian it if you want heroes, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, Guardian Heroes. There they, you go. They could all be from New York. They could have New York accents. Be like, yeah. Shit, I, I, was about, I was about to say beat up up an RPG. I'm like, oh wait, that already exists. Right. <laughs> yeah, Guardian Heroes. I'll just make a rip off of that. There Sounds you. good. Sounds good. Uh, so, how about you there, Evan? Um, how about first person shooter with dating sim? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that. I'm down with that idea. Yep. <laughs> I could see that. You play Doom um, Slayer, wow. who's looking for love and demons to murder. <laughs> nice, nice. It got balanced the two somehow. Yeah, yes. <laughs> make it sound like boyfriend dungeon, but a lot more fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot more hardcore for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, a more hardcore version of boyfriend dungeon. 
There you go. Yep. yep. Oh my god. Uh, how about you there, Andre? Uh, probably a shoot 'em up with um, a shoot 'em up with a platform. I gotta figure out. Oh, okay. Whoa. I like platform. that idea. Okay. Two, so I mean, favorite, like that's two favorite genres, though. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So I mean, like it's kind of like um, what's it called? Um, it's kind of like, like hardcore like, uprising kinda, a bit. Kind of like Gunstar Heroes. Mega Man, maybe. Kind of like Gunstar a little bit. Gunstar, yeah. Okay. What was the one called? Um, was it Rise and Shine? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That came one, out yeah. Adult Swim games. That, that was like good, a yeah. that was a, that was a platforming shoot 'em yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I'll go with JRPG and Stealth, um, just because I liked what Persona Five did in terms of adding stealth to its mechanics. But I yeah. want to go like even more into like stealth mechanics, so uh, something along those lines, but just like more more reliant on stealth. I think so. Wait, so like Metal Gear Cross uh, Persona? That'd be crazy, man. I'd be down with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you get like the craziest storyline attached to that. As well. <laughs> like, that imagine if like Kojima nice. did a Persona game. Oh my like, god! Like imagine. Yeah. <laughs> See, David, I, I know what you want to do. You you want to mix Hitman with DDR. Mm. You want to take out people by stepping on them. Yeah, a music <laughs> and rhythm game stealth, like with stealth mechanics. <laughs> yeah. You learned how that. to dance, and now you murder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, exactly. they put on Gimme Chocolate. Well, time to stomp heads. Right, yeah. right. That that, or if you had to, like, hit the steps at the right time in order to sneak past people properly. You know, See, that, maybe that something gives, like along that those gives lines. Two, it gives new meaning to Blood on the Dance Floor. Yeah, there you go. That'll be the name. That'll be the name. Totally. Yeah. On the dance floor. Yep. That'll be it. Yeah. Game. Get like Michael Jackson involved with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> be totally down with that. We just went too far with that. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Kojima, also uh, the unlikeliest partnership looks like it might possibly be happening here, uh, as there is like a rumor now uh, with Kojima and Konami uh, possibly working together on a new Silent Hill game. And uh, before he says like, but I thought we've already gone through this before. We have. Um, but apparently this is like a rumor that, that, that's gotten around in the uh, Silent Hill Reddit, I believe, um, where uh, someone who's like part of the Reddit basically provided some evidence to one of the moderators of, um, you know, of this Reddit. And like it's, it's like a massive Reddit, too. Um, so he provides some information uh, to this moderator uh, with, um, you, know, w- you know, with like his claim, basically. And they, they kept the post up um, and they're pretty like strict. I know, like as far as like, you know, posts they keep up on Reddit. So. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting, and like uh, you know, I, I definitely have to ask you guys, like as far as like, what do you think um, would have convinced um, you know Konami and Kojima to work together again on a new Silent Hill? I'm kind of going to BS on the story, but that's just... yeah, I'm yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm kind of leaning I'm, myself I'm, to I'm be honest. Yeah, I, I I want just a huge crowd of people just going bullshit. Yeah, yeah, bullshit, I mean, it, bullshit. It's all I'm hearing. I mean, it's not, it does seem highly yeah. unlikely. Yeah. It really does. The way they separate was so ugly. I don't see them repairing that anytime soon, man. I really don't. You know? Do you feel like a lot of that ugliness, like with the separation, though, had more to do with how the fans reacted, or do you really think it, it was as ugly as it seemed, like from the outside? Mm, we are yeah. talking about a management group that separated the director of a game from the rest of his crew. That pretty yeah. much says it for yeah, itself. That, that, yeah. And then you heard some of the other stories, like Konami was like looking at their employees' emails, and if you were giving Kojima praise, they would like you know kind of reprimand you about that, but not directly. It's like they were mm. doing some shady shit, man. I mean, I know I because I know Konami mm-hmm. is like very strict, like as far as like how they handle like their employees, and I don't know if that's like been changed like over time, like after the Kojima split and all, but um, but like a big um, a big hint though, as far as like this collaboration, uh, you know, according to the le- you know to uh, to the leaker anyway, uh, is that um, it seems that like they, there was uh, like someone who's like one of the founders of Kojima Productions, uh, Ken Ichiro Ima uh, Ima Izumi. Ima Izumi. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, who um, who left the studio recently, and apparently his reason for leaving the studio was because of this potential collaboration. I don't think he said outright that that's the reason why he left. I think it's still officially a mystery. Uh, but um, it's you know it's just very interesting, like as far as like why he would have left, and it would certainly match up as far as like why this happening since Kenichiro apparently doesn't want to work with Konami ever again, which is like big reason uh, apparently and like why this happened. So, um, do you guys like still feel like it's like still more on the unlikely side or? Or what? Yeah, that's what I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it stinks of bullshit. No, I mean, it would literally, it would literally, it stinks. <laughs> See, yeah, what, what what we need is stuff that's confirmed happen. I mean, like we haven't even seen like resurfacing a PT. So, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stick with stuff. Until that's- I see a trailer and a playable demo, I am gonna say not I mean, true at all however let's be fair let's never say never because konami did resurrect castlevania and contra in their own special little ways i mean konami does like seem like more like more like uh on board actually like with like trying to like satisfy like the gaming fans now because obviously like it seemed like that they like abandoned them entirely after the whole kojima split and whatnot and how they've been handling the you know like the like the franchises with you know with like the pachinko machines and all that stuff um but they do seem to be trying to make a turnaround at some sort so this this would make sense as far as like you know wanting to work with like kojima i know and, and you know and i know kojima still wants to work on silent hill in some way and so you know again according to like the, this leak um it's saying that the supposed deal with konami is settled quote unquote and that konami lent uh is basically lending the silent hill ip to kojima productions but in return konami wants to choose who the leading person is going to be in the game so it's not going to be norman reedus apparently um but it'll be like someone else apparently they're like you know according to um you know according to this leak. and i want to bring so. up one more thing here Sometimes there are those situations where something awkward can happen. Like, you know, Treasure is made up of a bunch of former Konami employees, right? They left to do their own thing. And then for years, they made stuff like Guardian Heroes, Gunstar Heroes. Then Konami brought them back in to work on Gradius Five. Mm. So if there is something that can be done in the fine print where Kojima's in control and Konami is not, maybe. I mean, the, only, the only reason, it, that, that's what I'm thinking about right now while you guys are talking. I'm like, the only way this would work is if, like you said, if Konami just went, this is your baby, Kojima, but we get to, we have a little bit of control, just a little bit. And they basically let it happen. Right. Like, I mean, it's just like a small bit, but it's still lend- lending yeah. a lot of that control. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. fund them. We're going to funnel money your way to keep this thing going. But, you know, just give us a little bit of credit. I, I mean... Yeah, and I don't know if he would go for that bag. Again, Ko- Kojima does not like the way Konami handles shit, the control and stuff. That's true. You know? I mean, he would probably I, have I to dictate terms. And oh, yeah. Konami at this point should take whatever they can get. Oh, I agree with you on that. Uh, like, they, they should be like, yes, yeah. sir, whatever you say. Yes, sir, whatever you say, yeah. sir. <laughs> Just Kojima should say, look, as long as you re-release Sunset Riders and X-Men. Is that the clause that you're putting in there, Robert? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you never know what's going to come back. And that kind of leads us into our next story, which is pretty rad, because Platinum Games, two of their best games from 2010, Bayonetta and Vanquish, are coming back with a 10th anniversary bundle releasing on February 18th. Both games will be remastered with 60 frames per second in 4K on Xbox One X and PlayStation 4 Pro. I mean, even if you have just regular Xbox One PS4, these games are worth playing again because they're both amazing oh, yeah. action games. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and seeing them again, especially with a physical version with with a steelbook case Ooh. that looks badass. Yeah, that's pretty nice. It, yeah. it really is pretty nice. And if you buy digitally, you get like uh, PlayStation themes for free over them there on PS4. So, I mean, I, I got to be honest, uh, I kind of saw this coming a few days ago, but Vanquish coming back. 
this was an underappreciated action game when it came out, and now it's getting a second chance at life. I mean, Bayonetta, we played probably on the Switch when Bayonetta 2 came out, but it is nice to have mm-hmm. that too. But it's, yes. this is a great way to show appreciation Platinum game stuff. And if it sells well enough, you know, Capcom could go, hmm, I wonder how well a beautiful Joe collection. Oh, my God, yes. Play, play. yes. <laughs> Been waiting for that. Been waiting for that for myself. Right? Tension of Joe, baby. We got Okami. We got Okami. No, we don't. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I'm not holding my breath, but man, that would. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Don't hold your breath. I would, with that man, my head, my head, my head would literally explode. So it's great that you know that they are having this comeback in some way for like modern consoles, along yeah, with Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it would be cool Bayonetta two as part of that, but I know that that was published by Nintendo, so yeah, it, you know, it would be like impossible for that to come out uh, unless there was like some sort of deal struck in that case. But, um, but yeah, I mean, th- this looks like it'd be like a cool bundle that like a lot of people should definitely jump on, especially to play Vanquish. Yeah, yeah. didn't they bring Absolutely. Vanquish for PC a couple couple years ago? I, I, yeah, yeah, they did. Both yeah. Bayonetta yeah. and Vanquish got the four K. That's right. a couple of years ago yeah but i think so. you, i think you're right it's like now on consoles it'll reach an even bigger audience man and that's great because yo vanquish till this day man is one of my favorite third person tours i love because it's so fucking crazy you know the shit you could do <laughs> like, it's nuts, man. So vanquish and bayonetta in general are still my favorite platinum games i love those fucking games there's so there's that's exactly what you want to see from that studio just crazy insane fun over the top action man they they to me those two games embody the spirit of platinum games man so fucking good i would throw in mad world into that as well too Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. Mad world would be yeah. cool to see yeah, come back yeah mm-hmm. or anarchy reigns that would be a good one to see again yeah Ooh, that was so yeah especially for like the soundtrack anyway the soundtrack yeah. to the game yeah. is amazing. by the way this oh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of unlikely stuff that we didn't think would come back it appears that some sort of disney action game remake could be in the works for switch uh this comes from news from play magic ceo Giuseppe Crugliano. I actually said that right. Giuseppe. Giuseppe, yeah. <laughs> Let me have this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so his team's working on the upcoming remake of uh, 13, which is coming out next year. But he also notes that he's working on, a, a again, the action game remake from Disney for the Switch. Now, a lot of people seem to think it's Epic Mickey. Which would make sense, except mm. the problem is Warren Spector, the guy who was behind Epic Mickey, he doesn't know anything about it. So if they are reviving it, they're doing it without him. Uh, I'd like to think something different here. I'd like to think maybe in an attempt to try to make some more money off the franchise, since the games are pretty much complete anyway, uh, Disney Infinity Collection without the need for those figures. Because they did that with Steam. Mm. They released the, like Disney Infinity Complete where you didn't need any of the figures. I mean, would there be like much of a reason behind the game without having the figures attached to it, though? Because was that kind of like a big part of the game? Well, you could, it's still an act. It's a great action game. I mean, you could still choose different characters. You could play through the game, unlock stuff. I mean, why okay. wouldn't you? I mean, it, it's sort of like playing, you know, Starlink on the Switch without needing to buy the ships. And Well, you obviously buy, you know, Star Fox and the R-Wing. Right, You don't yeah. need to buy all those other ships, and you can buy a digital deluxe edition and unlock everything. I just kind of figured, like, with, like, games like that, like, and also Skylanders, too, I, I was kind of figured that, like, having the figures was kind of, like, half the reason with, like, you know, like, half the way that you play the game, in a way, you know? Yeah, but it also doomed Toys to Life, because not everybody wanted to pick up, you know, $12 figure to play them in the game, and $12 figure to play in the game. They sure, wanted yeah. everything all at once. So, you know, if Disney can make money off Disney Infinity like that, that would make sense, but there are also other options to think about. You know, they could bring back DuckTales Remastered. They could mm-hmm. bring back a revised version of gargoyles which i freaking want because the genesis game oh, is amazing yes. 
Yeah. You know? Or a Chippendale remaster as well. It was just like something that like I've been hoping for. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of possibilities here. It's not necessarily Epic Mickey. And besides, if I recall correctly, as artful and great playing as Epic Mickey was, it didn't really make the company too much money, did it? No, no. no. So, like, it, it, it wouldn't be like too much of a reason, I guess, for release. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like we'll kind of have to wait and see on what that is. But um, I'd like you know, I'm not sure if you guys like you know have any um, you know have any guesses as far as like what kind of like you know remake of a Disney action title uh, is coming out. I would have just said I think it might be Aladdin. Uh, the movie's still kind of popular. Uh, they had a re-release of the original. It might be a good time to bring it out, you know, since Aladdin's still in the public consciousness. I think they even have an Aladdin play happening right now. There's, like, Aladdin is big right now for some reason, so it would be kind of, you know, opportunity. Yeah. Probably the live-action remake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Genesis uh, Aladdin, by the way. Genesis Aladdin. We cleared that up when we had Tommy Tallarico on the show. He's like, no, no, not Super Nintendo. No. But what, um, what Disney remakes are still happening what hasn't come out yet for disney remakes and that have been made into video games that's what uh, i, I think don't know i mean unless they come out with like a lion king well remake, i know they're working like, in a little, live action version i mean they're working on little mermaid and mulan's coming in march um corellas hmm. the white little mermaid jungle book peter pan so I understand. yeah, yeah none of these uh, jungle remade. cruise and yeah, that's not a remake though that's just a ride so yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see on what what it possibly could be. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we don't have to wait and see on is uh, Death Stranding, since that's out now. And uh, there's actually a fan who did a demake of this <laughs> game, uh, which looks pretty cool. It actually has like a very um, almost kind of like a, another world or like Prince of Persia or like you know, kind of games like, like that. Old school Lucas Arts, the day like flashback. Yeah, like flashback. Yeah. So I mean, like it looks pretty cool. So I don't know if you guys got to see like the video for this. Yeah, I'm watching it now, actually. Yeah, I've seen some of the videos of it. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's cool. It is pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Early 90s. Uh, yeah, MSX game. Yeah, that's right. That's a good description. Yeah, totally. it reminds me a lot of um, when I played like the Roger Wilco Space Quest games. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, it d- definitely has like that kind of like lo-fi kind of feel, but like it seems like it's still going to be like, you know, animated, like all like, um, you know, j- just like how like Flashback is or like Prince of Persia or whatever. So it just, just kind of evokes that kind of feel for, like for me anyway. Yes. Um, but I mean, it's always cool. Like whenever you have like fans who will kind of like make like retro versions of like newer games in this way, it kind of gets like your mind racing as far as like how that would actually play out if this was like a real release, you know? That is so dope. It for is. Sure, so for sure. kind of want this as a full game because <laughs> it looks yeah. pretty cool. Probably still a bunch of walking, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Unless yeah. you find that zip line. Oh, man. Welcome. That's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Are You Playing? We've got some games we've all been playing or have recently beat. Uh, so let's go Andre, then Evan, then Tony, then Robert, then me. So what have you guys been playing? Uh, I've been playing Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, Raiden 5, uh, Director's Cut on Switch. Mm. How, how's Raiden 5, by the way? My God. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I am enjoying. I bought it on PlayStation 4 like five months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'll get the Switch version because I know the Switch version is kind of it's kind of hard to find. And I probably put it in the other day and I was like, oh, my God, why did I play this? <laughs> when I first got it. This is amazing. It's so classic and it's the gameplay is just so frenetic. It's ridiculous. Well worth picking up. Please pick it up. It's awesome. Cool. Replaying uh, my friend Pedro, which was one of my favorite games of this year. Really? Okay. I could not put that game down. That's really about it. I think I think right now we we started Animal Crossing: New Leaf. 
Okay. To get ready for uh, and a pocket camp to, re- to re- get ready for um the new game. Yeah, that's coming out. Sounds good. Uh, how about you there, Evan? I've been actually going back and playing Splatoon two with a couple of friends. I've been re uh, rekindling my love of the multiplayer aspect of that. Uh, and I also just finished playing, and I'll have a review up of this by the time this podcast airs, of uh, the game Omega Labyrinth Life. Ooh. Now, some of you might remember there was a game that was supposed to come out a couple of years ago on the PS4 called Omega Labyrinth Z, but PlayStation outright banned it because it's you know raunchy and it has a lot of sexual humor and everything. This time around, what they did was they made two versions of the game. Uh, they made a censored version for PlayStation, and then they made basically an uncensored version that you could play on the Nintendo Switch. So like, the Switch got the uncensored version? Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So That's crazy. Um, they also, Switch also got the uncensored version of Dead or Alive Extreme 3. They censored some of the things on the PS4 version of that, hmm. but it's very raunchy. There's a lot of tit humor there's a there's a mini game where you gotta have that tit humor (laughs) yes there's like a mini there are mini games where you have to play rock paper scissors with boobs it's it's kind of interesting interesting but like but the main aspect of the game is a rogue rpg and despite it being like a raunchy video game like people would think it'd just be like a caching just to do pervy stuff it's very challenging like battling the monsters and figuring out a strategy how to complete each level it's wicked, wicked hard. Like, there was one chapter, one specific level, which took me almost two hours to finally complete because of how difficult the the enemies were. And not to mention the fact that it's one of those games where, like, every time you go into a level, it's completely different every single time. Mm. So you can't really make, like, a true strategy as to figure out, okay, if I go here next time or go there next time. Uh, gen- what is that called? Generally, um, um what, what's what's that term I'm thinking of where each time the level is completely different? Oh, it's like rogue light kind of yeah. thing. Or procedurally generated. Yeah, procedurally, procedurally generated. generated. Yeah, yeah, every single time. So you can't really do a... Um, you can't really create a strategy when it comes to that. You can create a strategy when it comes to beating monsters, but there are, there are times where you go into a room and you're just swamped entirely with monsters. And unless you're, unless you're filled with... Unless you have like health stuff, to the max right. you're gonna die <laughs> yeah i like those types of games though like where it kind of keeps you on your toes and it's always different every time you play so yeah i'm done with that yeah so like you know despite it being you know very perverted not the type of game where you know despite being on the nintendo switch you shouldn't play it in public on the go <laughs> too hot for america <laughs> <laughs> i recommend it i check it out it actually just got a release on steam as well the uncensored version so you don't have to if you don't have the switch but you have a pc you know it's it's not graphically the best looking game but it's a lot of fun mm, cool all right how about you there tony been going back to death stranding uh, you know going back to what we we're talking about before i'm obsessed with trying to rebuild the roads across america i'm almost <laughs> there but I, I need more resources and so i've been doing that and also building up a lot of zip lines because like zip lines make traversing the map so much easier dude oh yeah you know um and also i i haven't gotten to platinum for it but i did get 100 percent of the map in bloodstain i went back to blood bloodstain is so good dude like mm. people are talking about it man uh mm-hmm. that's been a lot of fun and i'm just trying to get some miscellaneous things i've also been playing this game uh, i'm gonna have my review up on geek.com probably by the end of the week for this game called um mosaic it's kind of interesting it's Okay, you know how like you know you live your life. It's kind of like repetitious. You do the same shit every day. It kind of gets boring. That's the whole game. Like 
basically you're living <laughs> as this like office drone and you're just doing mundane shit every single day and it kind of the game's kind of just trying to show you how like you know you could get stuck in, in into into this world and you know the need to break out of it and really become free you know really interesting little indie game and also play so this- it's not a bug but it's a feature and yeah, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> it, it's an actual thing yeah it's like it's because remember you play games to get away from your mundane life this game you play as a guy with a mundane life <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> nice, nice all right and i'm also, down with that yeah and also played um, my review went up for this last week called this game called arise another indie game this is a game if you're you know, I'm just gonna say, if you're an older guy like us, it'll resonate with you, man. It, it's about this guy that passes away, and in the afterlife, he's reflecting back on his own life. He's just become really like, you know, re- reflective of what's going on. Man. And I'm playing this shit. I'm like, damn, man, I could relate to this because you know, I'm at this stage mm-hmm. right now where I'm looking back at my past life. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> thinking back about it. So playing as this guy, I'm like, shit. So this guy, he's going through his own personal life, and I'm playing this game. This game is a 3D platform. Like, this reminds me of my youth. So I'm kind of going back into my past you know dope so you're playing like a lot of games lately it seems that gets you very introspective yeah it sounds yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean death stranding go on and on about that how you know it speaks about our modern society how we're disconnected from each other and the need to have some real human connection and all that but it's hard because we're just living in this internet wasteland you know right it, yeah. <laughs> that's true it's, it's crazy man but uh no but let's say no introspection there i just go in there and hack the shit out of monsters you know <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah. how about you there robert uh, i've been going through a bunch of indie games lately uh, i've been playing this one called uh, super epic which is sort of like this metroidvania style game where you play as a pair of animals that go through this big game corporation that's just basically a conglomerate and an evil corporation and you fight floor by floor to take on like different bosses and everything and it's pretty damn oh. pretty damn bonkers it's over there from the guys uh over there at numbskull games and it, it, it's pretty bonkers oh, it, yeah it should be out here here in a couple of days here it's definitely worth checking out also been uh, cool. been playing uh jurassic world evolution again because they just released an expansion called return to jurassic park and this is actually pretty cool because they got uh sam neill back as dr alan grant and they got laura oh, nice. they got laura dern back as ellie settler and of course you have jeff goldblum as uh, ian malcolm so they brought the whole cast back for a new narrative as you basically build Jurassic Park. And as expected, somebody's trying to sabotage you. I think it's Nedry. I can't confirm. But it's pretty cool <laughs> if you're a fan of the series. So definitely check that out. It's out today, I believe, this week. Uh, and there's also this uh, Turkin-style game called Gunlord X. It just came out for PlayStation 4. It came out for Switch a little while back. This is probably the closest we're going to get to a new Turrican game. Uh, definitely has a similar Holy. gameplay style, side scrolling shooting. It's over there from the team at East Asia Soft, and they did such a good job with this. This game is so much fun. I think if I remember correctly, the original Gun Lord that was one of the last Dreamcast games made, right? Yeah, Dreamcast and Neo Geo. Yeah, and they just re-released it uh, for Switch a little while back, and now it's available for PS4. And I highly recommend this game. It is so much fun. It's difficult, but you know, good games are supposed to be. That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely a lot of fun. And then. Uh, the last game I've been playing is uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger. This just came out for a Nintendo Switch, and it's really, really a pretty good port. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to play and everything. I think the only downside is they didn't make a physical ver- – well, they made a physical version, but it has a code in the box. Oh, And they okay. really need to do away with this practice. I hate it. It's like if you're making a game digitally, make it digitally. If you're going to make it physically, make it physically. Right. You know, don't, it's don't all or nothing kind of, of like approach, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to be a code in a box. I don't go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac, and it's a coupon for a Big Mac if I download it or something. That doesn't make no sense. I mean, I'd be okay with that, too, to be honest. <laughs> you know? Well, you have to go to the McDonald's to get the coupon, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm okay with that. Just get my chicken nuggies, you know? chicken nuggies. What the nuggies? It's a word. I don't know. It's David. I don't know. Like, okay. I get my it's nuggies, speaking... yeah. <laughs> Problem. That's just gonna, like <laughs> it's gonna be the name of the episode 2019 best nuggies best uh, nuggies of 2019 <laughs> yeah. guard your he's been... come down with a bad case of the nuggies don't go near them the nuggies Wait, are horrible should we, should we go to talk to those people at PAX no those are the nuggies man don't talk to them guard yeah. your nuggies <laughs> the evil 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 nuggies uh, what have you been playing there David uh, as far as I've been playing so I beat Shenmue 3 uh, so Shenmue 3, it's weird because like, it's like the, you know, I, I won't spoil the end of it by any means, but the end of it does kind of set itself up almost to be like this big epic thing is about to happen, but it doesn't really happen. And it just kind of leaves you on like, you know, a cliffhanger as, you know, as like Shenmue 1 kind of did and, or like Shenmue 2 did as well, honestly. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's just kind of like a cliffhanger that feels like it kind of comes out of nowhere and for like no reason in a way. Um, I like it. I like it in the sense like that. I've been wanting to see Shen, like the Shenmue story, continue in like the worst way, you know. And I still like the franchise, but like it's very, very clear that whenever Shenmue Four comes out, which I know that Yu Suzuki has been, you know has, has expressed interest in doing so, um, if Shenmue Four comes out, then they need to do something about that game engine or just you know approach it differently instead of like making it feel like you know just like Shenmue One, Shenmue Two, as far as like its game design approach. And um, Tony, I'm sure you can like relate to this as well. So you know, for, yeah. as far as like, playing the game, and you know, it, 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 it just feels like it's just too archaic, and it really does need to push itself forward. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you you know threw me in here because I wanted to jump in. It's like, yeah, that's one of the other games I've been playing, and I, and it pains me to say this. I had to stop playing this game, man. Like, like I appreciate what they were trying to do with regard to like, hey, we're keeping it the way you remember. That that's great in theory, right? But in practice, in theory. It, it doesn't work well, man. It is too yeah. fucking cluggy. When I can't pause the game during any instance, that's the problem right there, you know? And then you have the... the, the you know, again, we loved the voice acting back in the day, right? It was fun hearing. <laughs> that shit does not hold up anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, it's still kind of charmingly bad in that way, yeah. but it's still bad, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. If, if they bring Shenmue 4... And by the way, I'm disappointed but not surprised that the game ends up because i haven't finished it again i had to stop it but yeah if they bring four it's like listen look at what yakuza is doing and do that totally yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you don't necessarily like, need to copy yakuza but just like modernize yeah. like your approach to the game design because right. like there's like a lot of like quality of life things it's really just like the small things that just eventually added up and by the time i beat the game i was just like there was like so many moments where i'm just like annoyed because i can't skip through like you know skip through like a conversation i had with someone already and like i already know what they're about to say and i just want to kind of like get through so that i can you know trade in my tokens in order to get like prizes and have those prizes convert into like money and like all this stuff i'm going through the the rigmarole basically of the game that it wants me to do and i have to do because there is like a certain part of the game where you need certain amount of money in order to buy a thing in order to progress the story it's just like oh god it's one of these things again um you know that like it's just kind of like annoying so like it just needs to have like a more modernized approach like, okay, Shenmue 3 was, like, the blast in the past, whatever. If you remember how Shenmue, you know, Shenmue 1 and 2 played, great. If you, like, love that, that's great. But it is a problem now in 2019, 2020, whatever, that you need to have, 
you know, a game like that be modernized and be like approachable for modern audiences. Because, you know, even though I grew up on those games and I certainly played through like, the remasters as well, Shenmue 3 needed to be more modernized. So hopefully Shenmue 4, they'll, they'll take a more modern approach with it. Um, aside from that too, I beat, uh, I beat, I beat Night in the Woods. Uh, so Night in the Woods is very interesting. It's actually kind of very Shenmue. Like I was making a lot of comparisons to Shenmue in, in the way where it's more narrative focused and, um, it's more about like just being in a smaller area and kind of getting to know that area. You know, the people around that area, you kind of like build up, you know, relationships with people in that area, uh, except as a 2d game. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a very interesting game. I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I totally like it necessarily, like enjoy it in a way, but I definitely got a lot out of it as far as like the message he was kind of telling as far as like being in a small town, say like in like America or whatever. And like you see like basically your society, your, you know, your small society in a way kind of crumbling around you in a way like it's very, very, um, you know, it's, it's very like comparable really to like what's going on like today in like America as far as like, you know, small towns and how they're like, you know, how they're kind of like uh, falling like under the weight really of like political pressure and like just like, you know, the the progress basically of like technology and like the way, you know, way things are going basically. So it's very, very interesting that way. Uh, the music is really, really good too. Uh, and I know the music is on Spotify as well. So if you get a chance to definitely check out night in the woods music on Spotify. And, um, aside from that too, I've been playing manhunt uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like a little bit of a pal cleanse from night in the woods and Shenmue, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a very, very, like, you know, very, very dark, very violent game. Um, you know, I originally played it on the PS2. So it was like first time playing it since then. And, um, it's just funny with how, you know, again, clunky, uh, that like it feels, but you know, it's not like this is like a remake by any means. It's just kind of like a port. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just very interesting kind of going back to that and like seeing like how clunky that the stealth mechanics are and all that, but it's just kind of fun to just kind of go back to it and just seeing like how, um, you know, how like, uh, desensitized, I guess we are because of how crazy violent it felt playing that game back in the PS2 days and playing it now. It's just like, eh, I've seen worse, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that way, but. I'd love to see Rockstar actually go back to that franchise and do a third and third one. Mm, yeah. I mean, I never played the second game, but I did recently pick up the second game on my Vita, actually. So I'm hoping to get around to that at some point after I beat Manhunt 1. Um, so yeah, like I'm, 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 yeah, I'm definitely curious to see like if they do bring that back. Although chances are that franchise will never see like the light of day again. So not in this day. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But one game that you could definitely play right now is Corporate America on Steam. In the near future, AI has taken all of our jobs, and the only jobs left for humans are sending emails back and forth to each other. Corporate America is a fast-paced multiplayer shooter where you shoot emails to your coworkers instead of guns. Featuring online and LAN modes, relive the fast-paced arena shooters of old with a new sterile twist. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a Steam code. The code is 3-F-H-H-8-G-7-Y-5-6-T-9-2-Q-Q-H. Again, that's Corporate America on Steam. Enjoy. And if you do redeem that, definitely let us know at our podcast on Twitter. Welcome back to the Stage of History. And with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So uh, I figure since we are talking about some of the biggest games of 2019, we'll talk about a game that uh, certainly harkens back to some of the biggest titles uh, from this year, uh, which is Super Smash Bros. Brawl. So this is a 2008 fighting game by Game Arts, HAL Laboratory, and Sora. It is the first game in the franchise to have playable third-party characters with Solid Snake and Sonic the Hedgehog added. Masahiro Sakurai, game director of the previous two games, was requested to direct this game by Nintendo President Satoru Iwata in a private meeting. 
And during a test play between Sakurai and Metal Gear designer Hideo Kojima, Kojima stated that the game felt complete and that Nintendo, quote, could put it out now and it would sell millions of copies, which, I mean, he wasn't wrong for sure. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, before we get into like Smash Brothers talk and all that, uh, I have to ask you guys, who do you think would win in a Smash Brothers brawl, uh, Kojima or Sakurai? Whoa. <laughs> I think Sakurai would be too fast and beat him up before he could even figure out the last bit of his plan. Mm. I mean, Sakurai can play on two controls at once, so he kind of has the edge a little bit, right. I feel yeah, like. I was going to say that. Have you seen him play Smash Brothers? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, just based on his experience with fighting games, yeah, I'm going to go with Sakurai on this one. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Reggie. Reg- the Reggie? Yeah. Okay. Reggie just, like, jumps right in there, yeah. <laughs> my body is ready. Yeah, my body is Reggie. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, as far as like Super Smash Bros. Brawl, though, uh, this, this was uh, this was the one that was on the Wii. So I don't know if you guys got to play this one all, all that much. I did. Actually, this is the only Smash Brothers game I've ever played. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, okay. Our, well, tell our, us all about that. Yeah, our, our buddy Emilio, Emilio Lopez, who's also on Throwdown, he had the Wii, and he never cared for Smash Brothers uh, either, right? Because we're both mm-hmm. Street Fighter guys. We like that type of shit. Of but, course, yeah. But this game had uh, Solid Snake in it, so he had to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> had so, to. Yeah, so so we you know we played some of it. I didn't like it, to be honest. It's, it's like To me, Smash Brothers is just too random. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, yeah, but yeah. you know, Snake was cool. So yeah, that, you know, I mean, I get the appeal just because it's just so frenetic and crazy. But for me, I need like a proper fighting game, like Street Fighter or Virtual mm. Fighter or something like that. You know, but you know what's funny though is uh, what you reminded me of. There uh, was like a video I saw recently from Maximilian Dude. I uh, was like mm-hmm. a YouTuber. Um, so he did like a video recently that was like comparing fighting games to food. So like different fighting games to like you know what type of food that they are. Yeah. So I, I know like with like Street Fighter Two and Third Strike, I think he compared that to like a nice steak, like just kind of classic and you know what you're getting and like it's it's kind of comfort food in that sense um but like with smash brothers it's more like a buffet where you just kind of get in like a myriad of like all sorts of things and you don't have no idea like what to get but they're that's all like still pretty good you know oh, wow that's interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it makes me wonder like what the worst fighting games would be ranked as food okay that's just uh time killers is nothing but leftover kelp yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um rotting roadkill yeah so evan andre robert i don't know if you guys play much of a brawl um did I play much of that's actually a very good question. I have to really I think I've only played Brawl up to a certain point, probably for about a month before I had to move on to something else. Yeah. I would say out of all of them, it was the one I played the least compared to say Smash Brothers on the Switch. Not Smash Brothers. Yeah, Smash Brothers on the Switch. I actually haven't played that yet. Uh I would say I played the GameCube version the most out of all of them. Melee, yeah. But Melee is the one I played the most. But Brawl, it was good. I liked the story. I liked that they actually added a story arc to the whole thing. That's right. But yeah. it really didn't grab my attention the way that the others did. Mm, mm. I mean, do you feel like that Smash Bros. even like needs a story mode? Uh, it's nice to see the one that's in the Switch version. But like in prior games, I, I think it was more about like, you know, getting through the fights, taking on the mini games, and then taking on your friends online like you could in Brawl. I think yes. it was more about yeah. the kinetic action itself. You know, it's like, I, I don't really go and see what compels Solid Snake to beat the shit out of everybody. I just beat the shit <laughs> out of everybody. You don't need a reason. <laughs> He's just yeah, there to beat the Solid, shit out of everyone else. Let's Solid Snake, the hedgehog and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Solid Snake, have we met? <laughs> exactly.
And that's going to lead us now to Obscura. For Obscura, I figured with uh, Resident Evil getting in the rounds and everything, I thought I'd point out a Resident Evil game that didn't really get the popularity it kind of deserved, I think. And that's Resident Evil Gaiden. Uh, this came out in 2001 for Game Boy Color. And it was a neat little game in which you basically you could travel through this um, this passenger ship alongside Leon Kennedy. I'm trying to describe the perspective. It's like a top-down perspective, but you could see everything in like sort of a 3D layout. So it's not entirely from the very top. Um, and what happens is when you run into enemies, it changes to a first-person view with a reticule. Mm, yeah. So this is like one of the first games to kind of go into detail with those little battle sequences. And uh, it was an interesting little shift. I, I think it worked pretty well for the game at the time, but uh, it got mixed reviews when it came out. Like, you know, there was uh, good stuff with the story, but some people were thrown off by the top-down perspective. They, they You know, what, what can you do with Game Boy? You know, there's only so much that you got done in the format. I mean... Trying to do a 3D game, it probably would look something like, you know, Resident Evil 2 on the GameCom. You know, it probably would have been, like, all messy and everything. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I, they did the best they could with the perspective at hand. But, I mean, I, I could see why some people wouldn't get into this because it just it, – they just didn't get into, like, its format. But I, I think, you know, the, the development team at M4 did a great job with it, you know. And I think the story was also, also handled by um, Hiroki Kato. Uh, Kato who worked on Resident Evil Code Veronica. He was the director of that game. Right, So build up to bigger things. Well, yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, I'd like to think the game would find its following, but I think it's just because it was Game Boy Color, not everybody was into it. But I kind of like the idea of switching between top-down and first-person. You don't really see too many games take a chance like that. I mean, it's not exactly like the platform for a Resident Evil game, but at the same time, I do appreciate what they did with it, as you said there, Robert. So... I mean, it's. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like this type of gameplay kind of come back in some way if it was like kind of done better. Because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page of it right now, and there's actually like, a really good GIF that like shows yeah. exactly how this transition works. So it's kind of like this isometric top-down kind of kind of viewpoint, and it goes to like the first person, but like it's kind of like a timing-based kind of thing where you have to like get as close to the middle as possible to like line up your shots and all that. Um, on like zombies and whatnot so like it's, it's it's really really cool i feel like it could definitely like you know as far as like someone else taking that same kind of gameplay style but modernizing it obviously and cleaning it up whatever um could certainly work i feel like you know yeah i think so and I'm, I'm just i mean like this is how obscure the game is i don't think anybody here has played it besides me yeah nope. yeah i've never played it myself nope. i i own the game boy color and i never I've played heard it. of it i've never played it i played it when it came out and i don't i couldn't get into it i really i really tried but i was like did it feel too clunky, maybe? Or this is when they were really trying to push the hardware, and I think the game was beyond its limits because mm. it was clunky and it was glitchy. It, it felt a little glitchy to me. I don't know. It, it just I I couldn't get into it. it. I couldn't get past the gameplay. Yeah, I think that's so, the thing. I, I think like once you accept like how Resident Evil played at the time, and you then you get into something like this, it can throw you off. What's up, everybody? My name's Garrett Morlang. Hey, everybody. I'm JJ Prudhomme. And we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we are the preeminent video game podcast in the entire world. We are trying to take over the world with all of our comedy, with news and whatnot. And we are so excited to be members of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Yes, we bring you uh, all the news you want to know every week. We bring you movie reviews, game reviews, uh, and all the goofs you want to hear. So come check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast service. Uh, 
That's going to lead us now to our main topic, which is best and worst of 2019. So, uh, you know, because I know Robert likes to end on a good note, let's start off with the worst. <laughs> so um, we'll go like into like a certain order here, um, you know, just kind of give like some of our picks like for like worst games. Um, so let's go Andre, then Evan, then Tony, then Robert, then me. So let's start off there with worst picks of 2019. It's kind of a I couldn't get into Far Cry New Dawn. Oh, OK. Yeah, that was like the um, it was, it was almost kind of like DLC, but it was released as a like um, that's kind of like its own thing, right? Yeah, standalone title. And Dauntless could get into that. Couldn't get into Dauntless. Oh, Dauntless, yeah, that was like the Monster Hunter World like yeah. game that basically. just came yeah. out for Switch too. I actually mm. just downloaded it for Switch. I'm gonna give it a try later this weekend. There really wasn't too much that I was disappointed with. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it's kind of like. I don't know. I mean, like, unless you're, like, reviewing games for, like, a living, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, like, hard to, um, I guess, like, buy bad games, because usually you kind of, like, hear about a game being bad, like, well before it, like, releases anyway, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I mean, I definitely have some, but, uh, you know, I'll save that to, like, my turn here. So, uh, let's go Evan next. So, two games come to mind that I um, I would say were a couple of the worst that I played this year. Uh, one of which was actually a visual novel called Our World Has Ended, and it was from... Uh, the same person that I believe, I forget the other game that that this guy also did. I think he did Sakura Wars like from the same creator. Yes, it's from the same creator of Sakura yeah. Wars. Okay, and I've heard that. I know. Yeah, it's about this concept where, like, in a few days, the whole world's going to be destroyed, and it's up to you and your friends who are game developers to try to save the world. And <laughs> okay. it's supposed. To, it sounds really cool, but oh my god, it was boring like it sounds like shin megami tensei mixed with y2k if you remember that game yes a little bit oh yeah <laughs> oh, i played wow. shin megami tensei yeah. i know that one but yeah, yeah. It's, like to talk about how dull it is and how bad the story was i've seen chatterbait streams that had more plot that was <laughs> <laughs> you've seen damn. chatterbait streams damn evan i probably something oh, i never admitted on a podcast <laughs> what a comparison jesus <laughs> Oh my god! But that—that's how—that's how bad the story was in there. That's how bad it was. That's how boring it was. I'd rather be watching porn than play this. Okay, all right. So that so for a visual novel, that was bad. The other one that comes to mind that just the idea and concept was good, but it was executed very poorly, and that was the Princess Guide. The Princess Guide. I don't know if I know that one. I remember this. Yeah, I remember. So Princess Guide, you play like a group of princesses and and different story modes and like that all connect into one and you're like strong and noble masters of magic and combat and the more that you fight the more powers you learn and you can even have other people other soldiers that like go out and fight with you and such and it's from the same guy who did penny punching princess which was an okay game it wasn't perfect it had its flaws but it had its humor and this game is pretty funny the the comedy is very good unlike our world has ended. The story was good, but the gameplay was just way too repetitive, and it got to a point where it felt like it was a chore rather than an actual legit game. So, uh, as much as I liked the story of it, like it had, it was very, it was like I said, very funny. As much as it was a good story, the game just was not memorable at all. I, I was very bored with it. All right, fair enough. Uh, then Tony. Anthem. Anthem, yeah, yeah. Anthem's a good one. Anthem's a good one. What, what yeah. a disappointment, because this is coming from Bioware, right? Bioware gave us Mass Effect. 
love Mass Effect, Dragon Age, all that. But after Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, I was like, mm. they needed a hit. They yeah, needed they a hit needed after that, it, man. Too, and yeah. this didn't yeah. do it at all, man. This didn't do it at all. Like it was like a half-assed destiny you know but mm-hmm. without without it looked like that to me too honestly because like i went to like an event i remember like to cover this game like before release and like everything that they were saying is like i don't know this doesn't look good this doesn't feel good this doesn't seem like their thing you know Dude, <laughs> as soon as i saw the trailer for yeah. it i'm like this is going to be boring as shit that's exactly what i felt when i saw the trailer i was like this is destiny isn't it like and that was just some cg bullshit trailer but just that yeah. alone i was like this is gonna be destiny i played it like people and the thing is the the, the fanboys for this game they're like oh this is completely different destiny no it's the same fucking shit even Man. some of the enemies yeah. the same you know um and, and the story i don't know what the hell was going on with the story that was disappointing too because again bioware is known for having these crazy awesome cinematic experiences right and this just felt so like non-existent like non inconsequential like i didn't care what was happening to these people you know mm-hmm. what a yeah man and i i hope i'm just gonna say this right now man I hope Dragon Age 4 is like blows out of the park because if that game bombs, I am afraid for the future of Bioware. You know how EA is, man. They're ruthless, yeah. you know? You ain't doing shit. You get out the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, exactly. And I'll end it with this. Right now, you could buy the special edition of Anthem for $5. Mm. That, yeah, that, that says it all right that, there. Right yeah, there. Okay. That's it, man. Yeah. Um, any, any other choices for like worst for the year? Robert, man, I hate to do this, bro. Uh oh. <laughs> what you saying? Oh, I could. I, I know it. Again, I, I like the game if I looked at it from a specific lens. Yeah, Objectively yeah, yeah. I speaking, I, we got to throw Contra Roco in there, man. Okay, but mm-hmm, just aware you're mm-hmm. working with your boy Emilio, and if he hears about this, he might disown you. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, he's being objective. He's yeah. being objective, so I give him credit yeah, for that. Yeah, you again, know. you know, as a and I said this in my review, as a top-down shooter. It is fun, right? Or it can be fun. As a Contra game? Nah, man. Nah. nah. Mm. This is not Contra. This is not what people wanted. You know? So I, I think it would be kind of remiss of us to not bring that up during the worst games of the year. You know? Just... Well, I, I think I could bring up a worse one that's tied in with a, a traditional series, and I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. Left Alive. Oh, man. Yeah, you want to talk about shitstorms. I mean, Contra, Contra Rogue Corps throws you off, but then you got something like Left Alive, which makes Contra Rogue Corps looks like Death Stranding. I mean, Left, left, <laughs> left Alive. I mean, this was supposed to be the rebirth of the Front Mission franchise. Yeah. Oh and and instead, it was so mixed up. Like, the stealth elements were bad. The action was bad. The story made no sense. The level design was crap. The enemy eye was just incredibly hard. The voice acting made Resident Evil sound like uh, it's a way better product. <laughs> it was just awful. And then, you know, like, Square Enix knew it was awful because they didn't give it any hype. The game came out like a wet fart. And you know, right. so <laughs> whatever you guys say about Rogue Corp, that's fine, but at least it's far more playable than whatever the freaking hell left alive was. Oh man, <laughs> now that, way, that's not yeah. even my pick for worst of the year. That's oh. how bad this game wow. is. But, I mean, I, 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 I got a that, game yeah. that's even worse than this, but I'll get to that when it gets to my choice. But I'm just saying, I understand you bagging a Rogue Corp because it didn't fit your your mold with the way that the series was set up. But imagine how left alive felt compared to hitting the front. <laughs> oh yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> That was, yep. that was well, I think it's your turn right. anyway, Robert. So I'm going to just go right ahead okay. with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Left Alive is one of my worst, but if I'm going to pick the worst here, uh, it is a complete cluster by 2K, and that is WWE 2K20. 
Oh, this, oh. That's a good choice. Okay, good choice. Now, first off, first <laughs> wow. off, they kicked Yuke's out of development, and visual concepts took over Big mistake entirely. Big yeah, Yuke's understands wrestling, and even if there were some problems with the last couple of years, yeah, they're not involved. And even if they made mistakes over the last couple of years, you don't kick them out of the door because they understand how this engine works. Visual Concepts is a good developer that knows NBA 2K. They don't know WWE 2K that well. So, Mm -hmm. of course, all we have to do is take a look at the glitches, like Charlotte Flair melding with a friggin' referee and the ropes suddenly having a life of their own. Uh, Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the bugs are awful. But on top of that, the structure of the game is bad because the gameplay, they put changes in there that didn't work. The DLC used to be made up of like wrestlers from NXT and everything like that. And now it's made up of Halloween versions of wrestlers. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt is cool. But I really, am I going to pay 20 bucks to play as a Frankenstein version of Braun Strowman? No. (laughs) No, I'm not. That's the dumbest idea ever. And it just, the modes felt unbalanced. I mean, even if the game didn't have the glitches, it's problematic. It it feels like it's Mm-hmm. When's Yuke's going to do the AEW video game? I don't know. Either either Yuke's or, a- or Aki. I'd love to see Aki, though, because, you know, it's like they did the WCW NWO games back in the day, as well as WWF oh, yeah, No Mercy. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, WWE 2K20, I, I lost a couple of friends talking about how much it sucked over 2K. I hate to say that, but this game is just such a cluster. Even without the glitches, it's just not the same. This game needs a series. This series needs to go, and they need to bring back WWE All-Stars. That's it. Mm, That's what they need to do. But yeah, Yeah, All-Stars too. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see that back. So, I mean, like, between WWE 2K20, um, between uh, Left Alive, and here's a really bad one I want to bring up here. It's not a bad game in itself, but it's a bad strategy by EA, and that's FIFA 20 Legacy Edition on the Switch, which is nothing more than FIFA 19 recycled with new stats and with a new price tag slapped on it. Mm. It's a cheap I mean, couldn't you say that for, like, a lot of other sports games, though? Or? Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, this one was just literally stats updated. The rest of the game was exactly like last year. At least with other games like NHL 20 and Madden NFL 20, they make changes to somewhat make them feel like new entries. This one's just a, a recycling and I've, so they didn't like refine any of the gameplay or add no, any modes. Or they didn't get like in out of the street mode. They didn't do anything. You can comp- you can compare the assets to both games, and they're identical. Exactly, it's wow. recycling. So I'm going to give that a horrible shout out because that that just pissed me off. <laughs> a horrible shout out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then one last one I'll bring up is Generation Zero. This comes from Avalanche Studios, and it was supposed to be like their take on open world ticking on robots in like a a giant sandbox. It was supposed to be innovative, but this game bored me Mm. like and on top of that it just wasn't as polished as say just cause four you know it just really didn't come together or even like rage two you know it just really didn't come together like i was hoping to so i mean out of those four i'm definitely gonna say ww2k20 but left alive is just as much of a toilet book all right all right uh depressed now i hope you're happy yeah we're gonna pick (laughs) you back up soon um but but not before my picks here for worst of the year so uh anthem is definitely up there for me tony uh because i did play the beta down there down there or or down there yeah yeah um because uh yeah i did play like the beta for it and i just remember it's just like a buggy mess and i even like put up like a video i remember i think on facebook or whatever like with uh with all the like you know bugs and like the sound glitches that are coming in and it was just like really really weird and like disorienting it's just really like just an awful experience honestly um and, but like as far as like um you know worst games i'm actually going mobile for my uh, for my last two picks here um starting off with mario kart tour um so mario kart tour i mean it was 
it was a valiant effort as far as like making like Mario Kart kind of work on mobile. And I, I, I don't really begrudge really as far as like how the game like works, like gameplay wise, uh, using like the touch controls and all that. But it's the loot boxes. The loot boxes are egregious, oh. and like all the like premium like currency they have to go through, and like it, it's just really, really like just stupidly greedy, and like it's just really dumb. And it just kind of shows honestly that Nintendo doesn't really know how to properly monetize in the mobile space. You know, it's it's just, that's just not really their forte, and then and, and you know, I, I figured that they're kind of like learning from it and everything. Uh, but yeah, th- this was like pretty egregious as far as like how they handled like the uh, you know like the loot boxes and just and just like the microtransactions and all that stuff. It was just really really bad in, in Mario Kart Tour. Um, but what was you know but, but like another game that you know that they had come out uh, that was also really bad with the microtransactions, but also the gameplay was just absolutely terrible. Was Doctor Mario World? I could not stand this game playing it. I, I I like I like I played like ten minutes of it. I was just like, no more. I just can't deal with this anymore. As I was kind of playing it, it's kind of getting the gist of like what it was all about and just kind of going through it. And it's just like this is basically just like a worse candy crush, basically. Like they turned Dr. Mario into Candy Crush more or less. And you know, again, like the system of microtransactions like in that game was just like just absolutely terrible and egregious and it was just trying to like suck out as much money out of you as possible. It's just it was just really, really like terrible in that regard. I, I it's, it just made me feel kind of dirty, honestly, because it was like Nintendo doing this. You know, it's like Nintendo trying to like take all my money, but like on my phone. It's just like no, just get this out. You know, just get get this off my goddamn phone, please. You know, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just absolutely terrible. I, I, I don't know if you guys got to play like the Nintendo mobile games at all. Or I, I don't. I, I don't, did. Kind of got bored of them. I mean, not to mention Mario Kart Tour. I mean, like didn't have like the touch controls, which. I, I mean, the touch controls, I feel like, were okay. I mean, like, it, you know, it wasn't the you know, ideal way of playing Mario Kart, but as far as, like, playing Mario Kart on mobile, that feels like it's probably, like, the best way they're going to go about it unless you have, like, a controller peripheral. It started, or out, it started out really, really crappy, and then it did a big update, and it got better, but then it just was more the same, and it didn't get any, it didn't get any better. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's it's terrible, and Doctor Mario was just yeah. Doctor Mario World is weird because like it, it's not a Doctor Mario game. Like it, like it's it's just it just didn't no, feel like a Doctor like Mario a, game because like they completely changed how the game operates. It feels like a typical puzzle game on a, mo- a mobile device, but worse with a Mario skin. Yeah, because at least like Candy Crush, like you kind of get it, and like you know you can have fun with it until like you know gets to a certain point where like okay, like enough of this. Like it's it just wants to take money from me and all this. Yeah, exactly. but with like Doctor Mario World, it was just like it was like that right from the beginning, and the gameplay is not even nearly as satisfying as you know as like Candy Crush or like any of those other like match three style games you know so let's go into now uh, into like our best games of the year um so uh, you know again let's go uh, andre and then uh, you know then evan then tony then robert then me so uh so andre how about best games of 2019 for you i, I don't have a game of the year yet really we're almost at the end of the year you know <laughs> we're, we're getting pretty close yeah man uh Sekiro was one of my favorites oh, Sekiro, yeah yeah I actually, I really enjoyed Just Cause Four. Really? Okay. Like those games, just I just they're just like the guiltiest pleasure, but they're so fun. Uh, Outer Worlds was awesome. Oh, Outer um, Worlds is great. Yeah. So, do you think like my friend Pedro is probably like, top of the year for you, at least like so far? That's probably going to be my that's my indie game of the year, probably. Indie game of the year, not game of the year. No, not. It's just I just couldn't put it down. I love that game. I, I recommend it to everybody. Sounds good, uh, Evan. All right, so I've just spent the last five minutes trying to figure this out, and I think I have my top five of 2019. Top five, all right. All right, so at number five, I have to start out with Judgment. So much fun trying to solve all these cases and not to 
action, do a little fights here and there. My weapon of choice, of course, is just picking up the nearby bicycle and just ramming Yakuza with it. Always a blast. I'm curious to see what they're going to be doing next with Yakuza 7, and especially with the different sort yeah, of gameplay mentality that totally. it's going to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, for sure. But I'm, here. I'm in. Play the demo. Yes, but I'm also interested in seeing what else they can do within Kamurocho. I'd love to see more games that aren't Yakuza-based. I want to see more of the life that happens in within Kamurocho. So hopefully Judgment is the first step in that right direction. So number four on my list, I have to give it to Katana Zero. The story of um, a samurai, or is it a man just wearing a bathrobe and his style <laughs> of assassinations? This game was a lot of fun. The dialogue was truly memorable. The characters were great. And I just love that gameplay mechanic of like trying to get everything all in one go and then just revisiting, seeing how it all turned out in the last couple of minutes. It basically kind of turned a Hotline Miami style of gameplay into like a side-scrolling action game, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very satisfying though, like with the way that they handle like, the action in that game. Absolutely. Uh, number three on my list: Trover Saves the Universe. Oh, oh really? Fantastic <laughs> VR game. Whole, probably the funniest video game I've ever played in my life. The action was great. The characters were very memorable, and not to mention they they're still adding things into it to keep bringing more to the experience for free. Um, just Justin Roiland just really hit it out of the ballpark when it came to uh, bringing forth his first like true VR third-person action game. It's really hard to actually describe like how the VR just works. You know, you're just sitting there, but yet you still feel like you're a big part of the story. I mean, what kind of like, I don't know, genre would you classify this under? Because it really does feel like its own thing entirely. <laughs> it's squantrific. That's all. That <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so number two on my list, I have to give it to Tetris ninety nine. Mm, okay. Tetris ninety nine was probably the game that I. It, it was the game that I've played the most, and I still play from time to time. Uh, just the whole aspect of playing against ninety eight other people at the same time, trying to knock each other out. It's. It's bonkers. It's brilliant. It's reinventing the wheel in the right way possible. And you got to give it up for Nintendo and the devs for creating a Tetris title that, you know, this 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 series has been around for, what, 30 years now. And with this and I believe the Tetris effect last year, they're doing some amazing things with such an old title that's reinventing such simplistic gameplay. Totally, yeah. And they just added a team battle mode, so you can bring your mm. friends in on it now. So, if if we're playing, if we're playing, get good, Andre. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> so my number one pick. This is my game. I spent ever since I got invited to be on the show. I this I was looking through the list, and this is the one that I felt like really truly drew me in the most that just wowed me at around every single corner and that game was ape out ape out oh, oh yeah, wow yeah, yeah. okay ape was i expecting is, that <laughs> ape out was a very simple premise you're an escape gorilla just trying to get out of other you know ape jail <laughs> <laughs> ape jail <laughs> trying to get out of jail get out of a, the science lab out of a zoo and it the gameplay was was insane not to mention the whole aspect that we have to try to do everything all in one go 
But what really drew me in, because I am a sucker for like soundtracks, mm. the way the soundtrack worked in this game, like the more chaotic it got, the more you start hearing the, the, the drums and the saxophone, like whoever came up with this concept and idea of, of the of hell of the sound of the game affecting the soundtrack kind of sound design basically yeah. yeah and ape out to me like represents something that i i think that many indie games strive to be it's original it's fun it's chaotic and it is one of the most memorable experiences i've had playing a video game not just of 2019, but probably of the decade. And it's interesting because, like, when I first saw Ape Out, I believe it was, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but this was actually shown off at the Bossa Festival of Indie Games as a Harambe simulator. I think it was, actually. Yeah, I think you're right on that. <laughs> yes, as a Harambe. It had evolved into what Ape Out has become. And yeah. I completely forgot that those were, like, the same game, actually, now, now that I think about it. <laughs> yes. So, Ape Out's my game of the year pick. Great job. Like, Devolver Digital just kicks so much ass when it comes to indie games. Like, For sure, yeah. This is the second year in a row where I've given them the Game of the Year award, last year being with Gris. Mm, Gris, yeah. So, Ape Out, it's fantastic. If you haven't played it, for the love of God, do so. It is awesome. All right. Tony. All right. Uh, usually on Twitter, I always give my like top 10 games of the year. Uh, this year, I'm only doing five because this year was kind of whack. Uh, so I have a list ready. I'm going to, you know, the, I'm debuting it right here tonight on the art. <laughs> Snap that paper. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So <laughs> starting with number five, Devil May Cry 5, man. This was a return uh, to form. Yeah. And I'm always, by the way, I was a huge fan of the Ninja Theory game. I loved that game. But this one, this is the game that the fans really wanted. It was a lot of fun, a lot of crazy combos, really imaginative, like, level designs. And I love the the facials. Like, you know, the, you know, the face, not, you know, not like those kind of facials, but like the, the facial <laughs> animation. Oh! Yeah, not those kind of facials. What kind of show is this? Uh, yeah, the, the, fa- but the facials are yeah. Mwah, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the, the facial animation. I should say they look great. Gotcha. Fucking amazing, dude. Um, it was great fucking game. Um, number four. Uh, this actually won IGN's game of the year. Uh, Control. Really fun game. This game I was hyped for it ever since they announced at E3 last year. I was like, Remedy coming to PlayStation. Let's fucking go. You know, and this one has all the all the Remedy things you wanted, like crazy supernatural powers, spooky story, cool protagonist, mind bending puzzles. It's so much fun. I actually kind of want to go back to it because there's like a lot of like sub bosses I never even got around to, you know, so that, that should be a lot of fun. All right. So number three, I already talked about this before, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. This is another game I've been waiting for for years. I actually, matter of fact, I've been playing demos of this for who knows how fucking long. Robert, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about, man. I do. Yeah. I've been playing this for so long, so it was just so cool to finally see the game get conversion. It's a Kickstarter success story. There's not a lot of those, you know, but this was one <laughs> of them. And fantastic game, a lot of fun. You know, you know, it, um, Koji Igarashi, he did his thing. You know, if you love his games, you're gonna love this one. Again, I'm still playing it. It's just really addictive. Uh, number two, Resident Evil 2 Remake. This was yeah. my game of the year for the longest time because. Okay, this was another one. Like I've been waiting for it forever, and like playing it, it's it's weird because like it's so different from the original Resident Evil Two, but it also gave me the same feel when I played Resident mm-hmm. Evil Two, like that terror, you know. But it also like took the original Resident Evil and just stepped things up so much. And man, I ooh, yo, fucking Mister X, man, 
X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. Those videos. Like when you go into a room and you hear those steps, you're like, fuck. Yeah, shit inducing for for sure. Yeah, it is so cool. And I love the dual campaigns there with Clara and Leon, just like in the original. That was really cool. And then my number one game, you guys already know. I know. Death Stranding, man. This is Kojima, like, like as Kojima ist. Yeah. Kojima is, yeah. It's like, like Kojima concentrate, you know, no water. Two hundred percent Kojima. You know, and, and like you talked about, I love the message of it because it's really resonant to modern times. You know, everybody feels disconnected from each other. Even right now, it's like we're all connected to each other, but we're also like separated, you know, by distance and all this shit. That's true. So it's kind of cool to like, you know, just having that going on. Granted, there's still a lot of aspects where I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, How much balance do I have to keep yeah. in this game? Jesus. <laughs> Again, I'm still, I put like 70 hours into it. I'm going to keep on playing it. It's just a, a lot of fun in the uh, the Decima engine. Whew, man, this shit is nuts, bro. Like graphics on a whole though. This game, I don't know why the fuck it doesn't have photo mode. This deserved it. Mm. I would have been snapping pictures all fucking day, man. I mean, um, that will probably hook me in, honestly, if it, you know, if it has like a good photo mode. I mean, I'd be all over there for that, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those yeah. are my top five. I do want to give an honorable mention to Indivisible, man. That's another game yeah. I've been yeah. demoing for years, man. 505 Games is on fire this year. So much fun, mm. man. Yeah, like that game, if you love, because it's, it's an RPG, but it's also like action-packed, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so good. And the animations, man, ooh. Yeah, it's like a side-scrolling action RPG in that sense. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. It, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of like a Sega Saturn RPG that I used to play back in like Dragon Force or something. If you guys remember that from back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Dragon Force. Awesome, oh, man. Yeah. Not the band, the game. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both, both are awesome, though, for sure. Yeah. yeah so cool. Oh, yeah. Right, for sure. Uh, all right, Robert. Uh, I'm no particular order here, but here are some of my favorites for this year, and then I'll mention my f- absolute favorite. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order mm. took me completely by surprise. Excellent single-player adventure, well-designed, well fun to play. The story was really cool. The characters were cool. It, it just nailed it across the board. I never thought we'd get like a great single-player Star Wars game again. So big, 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 big shout-out for that. Also, Platonic's Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Uh, 2.5D platformer, filled with great design and everything. Really hunkered back to the good old days of Donkey Kong Country. Absolutely loved it. I think that was a blast as well. Um, I was going to give a shout out to Astral Chain. Uh, this is the latest from Platinum Games for Nintendo Switch. A lot of fun, kick ass, beautiful design. Uh, better than Bayonetta 2, nah, but an excellent game in their library. Very cool stuff. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll also give a shout out to Gears 5. I thought it was well put together, uh, better than Gears 4, I thought. Uh, great single player narrative, and of course the multiplayer is still addictive. And they threw Sarah fucking Connor in there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how do you how, how do you hate that? I mean, they got all the, like, the Terminator stuff in there for sure. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah, it is. But I, I'll tell you, my game of the year is going to surprise a lot of people, and I'll probably even get some dirty looks. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm calling it Luigi's Mansion Three. Oh yeah, this yeah. game <laughs> floored me because I mean, like the detail the next level games. I mean, like, Dark Moon was a good Luigi's Mansion game, but I wanted something that was really fulfilling, and it feels like Luigi's Mansion 3 did that. Like, the scope of gameplay is so much more with the addition of Luigi, you know, and all the different strategic elements and the fun boss battles. But, I mean, 
you can just see the aspects of this game by leaving it sitting still and watching Luigi standing there, shaking in, in his freaking boots. I mean, <laughs> that kind of personality alone is really something. Then they threw in multiplayer, and multiplayer is actually pretty good. You know, like most of the time you attack on multiplayer, you know, I don't know, Bioshock 2, and it just goes the way of Bioshock 2. But here, I mean, it just feels like the multiplayer is substantial and fun to play with, like, with somebody else. And it's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people name Super Mario Maker 2 as their favorite game of the year. Some will say Link's Awakening was a really great job. But to me, Luigi's Mansion 3 came in the left field and just really engulfed me i really enjoyed the hell out of it so that's my game of the year and i'm sure tony when i come on your show next week we're gonna have a discussion about, about my choice. <laughs> some people are gonna razz me or something i'll bet uh, i can't wait yeah, yeah it's gonna wait. be a lot of fun it's gonna be fun all right yep we'll um, talk more about that at the end of the episode yeah what's up david what you got for your choices so i originally had a top three but since like you know people were talking about top fives and all that you know i figured I'd kind of throwing like a couple there that um definitely resonated with me that you know that i want to mention so i'll go from you know from five here um so my number five for the year i'll say is judge Judgment as well. Judgment definitely, definitely grabbed me. I'd say um, I really love the Yakuza games, and I've been getting into the Yakuza games, especially like the past couple of years. Uh, with Judgment, I feel like it's basically taking that Yakuza style of gameplay, but it also added in the like detective elements, which I really enjoy. I'm just kind of like a big sucker for like detective, like you know, novels and stories and things like that. So it really kind of made you feel like that uh, during certain parts of the game, and I really love how in depth it got, like in that you know, in that gameplay element. Um, also, uh, with number four, I have to go with the Outer Worlds. Uh, so I've been kind of like starving for like a new Fallout experience since Fallout Four. Um, but you know, better without like you know bugs, hopefully, or like fewer bugs, I guess. Uh, and the Outer Worlds definitely kind of felt like that. I mean, this is brought to us by Obsidian. That was like the same people who did Fallout New Vegas, uh, and you know, and all that. So. Um, it was, uh, it's like no surprise really that they're able to, you know, to do a game like this really well. And I feel like with the Outer Worlds, they were able to do that, but with like their own like property, like their own IP and everything, which is really neat. So, uh, I, I really dug, I especially love the, um, like the characters and, um, you know, how the characters are like written as well, especially, uh, Parvati, um, which actually surprised me because I didn't know until just recently that that was actually Ashley Birch who voiced her. I did not know that. Um, which is really, really cool. And, um, you know, I feel like with Pravati, she was, like, done so, so well. It's more of, like, how she's written, really. But um, she, you know, just, like, the fact that you have, like, this very prominent, like, you know, gay character in a video game um, without, like, really, like, making a big fuss with the fact that, that she's gay. It's more of kind of, like, a matter-of-fact thing, but it's basically the linchpin behind, like, her personal story, like, you know, as, as you go through, like, each, like, character side story uh, in the game. And it's, it's just really, really cool. And it's just neat to kind of see... Um, that like Bethesda like um, you know Fallout experience basically come back uh, in a, in the time I feel like when we needed it most with like Fallout seventy six being the way it was um, you know we, we definitely need is yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah um, but like you know having that like single player experience like in that fashion it, you know was really cool to see again uh, number three I have to give the Link's Awakening um, so Link's Awakening was a lot of fun it was really I mean like you know the moment that we saw like the like announcer for that game. Uh, it just blew my, you know blew my mind as far as like how they made that look and just like seeing like this kind of like age of remakes in a sense um, you know as I'll get into like in, you know in a later pick here but with Link's Awakening like the way that they kind of made that with like each character looking like almost like those little wooden toys that you would see you know it just like really blew my mind and like it was just really cool to see that and but also like the fact that like it was you know the game essentially that we that we experienced before on the Game Boy like way back when. 
um but like modernized and like you know like you know just like still as fun as ever and like still one of the best legend of zelda games like you know out there um it's just really cool that that you know that nintendo was able to bring this back and in this fashion and in a way that like anyone can like enjoy and jump into so that's always really cool um my number two game of the year it's absolutely without a doubt untitled goose game i adore this game (laughs) so goddamn much yeah uh i I just adore and like you know even though it is a very very short game like you could beat this game easily in two to three hours easily um but uh when you're first playing through it and you know you're just kind of like trying to understand like what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to like you know check off things on your to-do list and all that stuff really the pure joy of the game is like you just playing as an asshole goose just terrorizing a town that's all it is and it's just like that simple joy the simple like play style with you so you know you're running around as a goose you can honk you can grab things you can lean your head down and all that stuff you can flap your wings um there's just like a lot of like you know know, like honestly i feel like if they did add more to this game like if 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 it was you know say if it was like more of like a 10 to 15 hour game I feel like that this would have, without a doubt, been like my game of the year, honestly, because I feel like that they could have done more with some of the mechanics. But with what they did present, it was very memorable. It really stuck with me, and it was just like just just an amazing, really fun, just pure bliss kind of, you know kind of experience. Like I absolutely loved it, um, and like the way it ends too. I mean, like it's just like perfect. It's just perfect. It's beautiful. It's like it's just art. It's just art, like and you know an art piece as a video game, basically. That's that's the you know, perfect way I can really describe it. Uh, but my number one game of the year, and uh, you know, Tony was with me until the very end there. But Resident Evil Two Remake, uh, that is like still my game of the year. Um, I absolutely love this game. It just kind of floored me honestly because I've never really been a hardcore Resident Evil fan. Honestly, I liked Resident Evil Two a lot because I remember playing that on on the N sixty four back in the day, and um, you know, I, I remember liking it a lot. I, I liked Resident Evil Four a lot. I just like playing as Leon Kennedy, honestly. Um, but with Resident Evil 2 Remake, I mean, they did such a great job, as Tony touched on, uh, with just changing up like how the original game plays, but still evoking that same emotion that you got from playing the original game for the first time. And it, it is like one of those rare instances, I feel like, where a company comes out with another, you know, like a new iteration or a port or what have you of an old game. They bring back an old game in some way, whether it's a straight port or remake. And it is flat out, hands down, without a doubt, better than the original game in like almost every way. It, it is just so good. It's just so good. And like the experiences you get, especially when you see Mr. X for the first time and, you know, you're running around and you like hear the footsteps and all that stuff. I mean, when you're going through like the different campaigns as well, with, like Leon and Claire and then like the second campaigns for both of them. I mean, I, you know, I played through the game four times because of that. And, you know, it, like that, like the fact that like it really kind of pushed that, like pushed you to kind of do that. And like it, it really rewarded you for doing that, too um was was really something and um you know even with um with playing as hunk in the uh, in his campaign like his small campaign where it's basically like you know kind of like a timed like almost like not like a battle royale but like you know just kind of like run for survival in a sense you know as you're going through like every single enemy in the game pretty much as you're going across the map <laughs> it was just amazing it's just so much fun it's so good and i can't wait for resident evil 3 uh, you know for, for resident evil 3 remake uh it is um yeah it is without a doubt my game of the year so if you haven't played resident evil 2 remake and you're at all interested whatsoever getting like your spooks on and you know your, your spooks and your suits on if you will um then uh yeah. you know, th- th- then you definitely gotta get on this so yeah that's my game of the year uh and uh robert i believe you have a game code to give away 
Yes, I do. Uh, my buddies over there at Human Nature Studios provide me with an Xbox One code for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. This is, of course, the return of the hip-hop duo as they make their way through an all-new adventure. If you want to check this out by yourself or with friends and co-op, then this is the game for you. And the code for Xbox One is 62F3WP3CQK62FK799DWH. 7CPJZ. That is for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove on Xbox One and enjoy. And if you do redeem it, let us know at twitter.com slash argpodcast. Indeed. And just want to give some shout outs here to our patrons, Francisco Limas and Mac V Ball. So thank you very much, guys, for helping support the show. And if you too would also like to support the show, you could check us out at patreon.com slash argcast. Uh, I actually just recently added in a $2 tier by, by, uh, but you know, by request of a new patron that we got there. So thank you very much for that feedback. Um, so, you know, if you, if you wish to kind of chip in like a little bit more than the $1 tier, then that's an option for you there. And, uh, definitely check out all the different tiers, uh, again, to kind of see like what, on what you get, depending on which tier that you, you know, that you uh, put in there. Uh, but even if you just kind of like spread word, you know, like, you know, about the Patreon, about the podcast and all that stuff, uh, we definitely appreciate it. So thank you very much for helping support the show. So, you know, again, let's go Andre, Evan, then Tony. So where can people go in order to find you guys? Uh, uh that's me and all of our stuff i'm pretty much a talk man 5000 everywhere uh i appreciate you guys you guys have made 2019 freaking dope we're always here for you man yeah hey, you too man you too <laughs> you guys rocked it out <laughs> i appreciate it man evan all right so first off thank you guys so much always a blast talking to you uh, so for the recent news videos featuring members of the boston Bastard brigade you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our No Borders or Race podcast show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on so many internet platforms under kingbbduckesh, and on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and on Facebook.com slash Lanavesh. Don't forget about all the other sites under the Lanavesh, including the Lanavesh Sisterhood, those Recap and Review, and Smashbook. And I want to give a bit of a shout out because on Saturday, uh, uh, December 21st, at around 1.15 p.m., uh, myself and my buddies from the Wicked Anime Podcast will be doing the annual live wiki show where we honor the very best in Japanese anime of 2019. If you would like to participate in voting for the wikis, uh, you can find a form for it tagged right at the top of the Boston Bastard Brigade Facebook page. So go in there, write in your nominations, and who knows, maybe one of your underrated favorites might just win. Nice, nice. Uh, how about you there, Tony? Yeah, uh, before I plug on myself again, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I always love being on here you guys, talking about both retro games and new games. Always a blast, man. And yeah, like Andre said, you guys made 2019 awesome. I love all the shows you guys have been on throw down the entire year, you know, helping us out with the live stream journey three specifically. That was really oh, yeah. cool. So thank you so much for that, man. And, and just for being such great friends, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. We're here for each other. That's yep. what's up. All right, so as for myself, so you can find me over on Twitter at Ramudeth, that's R-O-M-U-D-E-T-H, and if you check my bio, you'll see links for all my shit. Uh, Throwdown, Geek.com, Coalition, PC Mag, Tom's Guide, I'm everywhere, so just check out my bio, you can check out my stuff, and next week will be our final episode of the year, uh, you know, the the Throwdown show where we're going to just go over the best, worst games of the year, as long as some of the highlights, lowlights of everything that happened in 2019 as far as gaming, and 
the okay because that this week is going to be throw down on thursday uh sunday the throw down your questions show just like always next week is going to be throw down the the game of the year special and then throw down your questions the ama special usually we have our fans ask us just straight up video game questions but for this one final episode of the year ask us whatever you want you know those mm, are the floodgates are open <laughs> yeah yeah and we usually limit the questions to two we're going to limit them to three so it's going to be a long crazy show so oh yeah. boy yeah, well, we keep... got kind of a schedule like that as well. We just finished Best Worst 2019, and then we're also going to have a cast mini episode in which we take a look at the best games of the 2010 last decade, I believe it is. Uh, yeah. th- well, the best, um, well, basically like our favorite games of the 2000s. So that's 2000 to 2009. Oh, okay, so we'll I definitely you. be going into that. Yeah, that and that will be our first episode of the new year. So watch out for that. Ah, when January right. rolls around. So I see, and we do have a holiday episode coming up too. We are doing a Die Hard episode, as I heavily requested. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that as well. So, yep, yeah, that'll be coming out on December 20th. Just an FYI. Yep. And uh, if you'd like to follow the ArcCast on Twitter, we are at ArcPodcast. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcPodcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at TheGuiltyMan. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash TheDCD. You can also check out my work at GamePur.com, where I will be doing Game Awards coverage on Thursday night. So look for all the breaking stories there, as well as PCInvasion.com and MMOGames.com, as well as Adventures in Poor Taste, where I just posted my review of Aladdin and Lion King, finally. Finally beat the Lion King level. Took two months. (laughs) Took too long. (laughs) Two damn months. (laughs) And if you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at argcast at retrozap.com. And be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. There's also us with Ardcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, so there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. All right, that is episode number 188 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro and go get yourself a plate of nuggies. <laughs> Why do you calm that? 2019 is the year of nuggies, baby. They're Let's do it. Nuggets. You can't just say nuggets. What's wrong with you? I mean, I think for like the throwdown show, I'm gonna get myself a big plate of nuggies and like a big yeah. old beer, and I'm gonna be like ready to go for those TGAs, man. It's not, it's not a beer. It's a beery, apparently. The a beery. <laughs> what is going on right weird now? Weird damn names. I don't know. He's. I think he needs like one of them pillies. I don't know. We will see you guys next episode catch you later What's up, everybody? My name is Garrett Morlang. Hey, everybody. I'm JJ Prudom. And we are the Super Gamer Boys. And we are the preeminent video game podcast in the entire world. We are trying to take over the world with all of our comedy, with news and whatnot. And we are so excited to be members of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Yes, we bring you uh, all the news you want to know every week. We bring you movie reviews, game reviews, uh, and all the goofs you want to hear. So come check us out every Wednesday on your favorite podcast service.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.